hello and welcome to the very first episode of Her Creative Hustle, the podcast. I'm Elska and on today's show we have a lady killing it in her creative hustle. She's only 25 but her creative career has spanned 15 years already. She's an actress, a writer, a singer, a dancer, a producer, the world's biggest Beyonce fan. She was the envy of all 11-year-old girls with the dream childhood job starring on the hit children's TV show H2O Just Add Water, which aired in over 120 countries. She has been in short films. She's produced music videos, including mine. She's recorded jingles, done voiceovers, even written her own first comedy feature. I need to take a breath because I'm still going. She's just wrapped up starring on a hilarious web series called Stage Mums which was picked up by Network 10 and aired on their channel 10, Peach. She has amassed over 50,000 Insta followers. She gets stopped overseas on her holidays. But the most gratifying work has come from her personal blog, which she started four years ago called Pass Around the Smile, which focuses on positivity, law of attraction, self-love, and all things feel good. It's Cleo Massey. Oh my gosh, you make me sound so impressive. I love it. (laughs) Thank you, Elska. (laughs) I'm so excited to have you on this podcast. Thank you for saying yes. Thank you for having me. Oh, well, we've done nothing yet. So let's wait and see how good it gets from here. Um, But we met about six months ago now. uh, And what I've come to know about you, Cleo, over this short space of time is that you are a really lovely human. You are humble, honest, real, and probably happy is the best way to describe you because you always Aww. have a beautiful smile on your face. <laughs> so nice. Just so happy. <laughs> um, your name. We're talking about your creative hustle. And I feel like your name, before you were even born, was set you off into stardom, Cleo. Not like Karen or... <laughs> no offense to any Karens out there that I may come across in time. Um, But Cleo is obviously an interesting name. Is there a story behind that? Well, I believe that my nan, my nanny waters, so my mum's mum actually came up with the name Cleo. And then my mum absolutely loved it. And I think it was after the singer, the jazz singer, Cleo Lane. Stardom. Yeah. Stardom from birth. That's right. Tell us about life growing up as Cleo and your family and were you, I guess, born into a creative family at all? I was, luckily enough for me. So I was born in Tasmania. My mum and dad were in a band. My mum was the lead singer and my dad was the drummer. So I grew up listening to them practice and I danced around and sung to their music, which I absolutely loved. When I was four, we moved up to the Gold Coast from Tasmania And I absolutely loved it here from the get-go and I've been here ever since and the family love it as well. Uh, Mum and dad still play music all the time. They don't uh, necessarily go out and do gigs anymore, but they still love it, write their own music and play around in our little home studio. I guess mum too has always been into the acting side of things. She was a performing arts teacher when I was growing up, which was lucky for me because I got to do her classes. Did you have like a box of costumes when you were a kid and like 
your mom was the crazy mom like dancing around the house with a feather boa and like oh yeah with the music on and you that was just normal life that was normal it's pretty crazy (laughs) household to be in and still to this day we have a huge costume cupboard which is in my room it is so big so whenever we have like a costume party or anything all of our friends and family come can we come to your costume cupboard it's pretty it's pretty impressive you got a side hustle you can rent that out yeah (laughs) awesome when did you sort of feel like then that creativity was like a life that was going to be for you or your first taste of it when you were like yeah this is what I want to do I loved it growing up doing my mum's performing arts classes we'd get to sing act and dance pretty much all in one and I absolutely just loved it thrived off it loved being on the stage but it wasn't until I got my first role that I was in front of the camera and that's when I was like yep and that was H2O is that right that's right and I love the story about how you actually got that can you tell us about that role yeah so it was one of my first big auditions and we didn't really know what it was for it was just a tv show called h2o just add water which at the time made no sense to us so despite the description being fat greek kid (laughs) i got an audition and we went along and i remember i was only 11 and i remember going into the waiting room and they were all greek they were all beautiful (laughs) greek looking girls and and you're blonde blue-eyed not fat, not Greek. <laughs> and when I was 11 too, I was lanky as, like I was skinny and tall. And anyway, so did the audition, obviously nailed it because I got the role. So then I thought, wow, I'm, I'm a fat Greek kid. They did want me to dye my hair black. And for an 11 year old girl with bright blonde hair, that is like the scariest thing ever. And thank God I played Phoebe Tonkin's younger sister. Her sister in real life looks like me. And that is the only reason I didn't have to dye my hair. So I love Abby Tonkin, Phoebe Tonkin's real sister. <laughs> thank goodness. I bet your mum would have been like, you ain't touching my daughter's blonde hair. <laughs> yeah, she's a bit of a stage mom. <laughs> Hence her new series. <laughs> yes, stage mums. Awesome. So life on set on H2O, you're 11. What does real life look like for you in a creative life then? What oh, it was life? so cool. It was honestly the best experience ever. Cast and crew were amazing. I was treated so well and I barely had to go to school, which was like my dream. I'm not an academic person, so I hated science, maths, anything like that. I did all the creative subjects. So I got to do my schoolwork in a tutor bus on set and we filmed at Warner Brothers Movie World. So like on our lunch breaks, we just get to go into Movie World and go on the Superman ride, Scooby-Doo ride. And it was just like a kid's dream. And When I was working, I loved it because I was in front of the camera and my character, Kim Satori, was an absolute brat. So I got the best lines and I I got to be a real bitch. Am I allowed to say that on your podcast? (laughs) Go for it. (laughs) Totally, totally fine. You've set the standard now. Try to get every woman to say bitch at least once (laughs) on the show. (laughs) So you were on H2O for four years. What happened after that once you wrapped that up? So I wrapped halfway through year 11 and then I just wanted to be a normal kid and just do year 12 and go to parties and hang out with friends and just wanted to be normal with no extra kind of pressures of going to work to film at four in the morning, you know? Yeah. So (laughs) did year 12, absolutely loved it, had a ball. um, And then I graduated. I had a gap year, I suppose you could say. 
I was just auditioning. I had an agent in Sydney, so I'd go down to Sydney almost every week for auditions. And that was kind of my life for a year. While I was auditioning and I was doing acting training, I wasn't necessarily getting anywhere in my acting career. It's it's a hard industry to be in. Yeah, of course it is. It's (laughs) total judgment industry. Yeah, and I was... 17 then I was 17 that year because I graduated when I was 16 I was really young so as a 17 year old trying her best in something and just kind of getting rejected it was quite hard so then I got quite confused about what to do I always loved music music was in my family and I really wanted to learn guitar so I decided to apply to study music at TAFE in the next year And I did that for a year and I really loved it. I met some nice people. I learned to play guitar. I got my confidence up with singing in front of people. And that's an important part of acting too, because I hope to one day get an acting role where I have to sing. Yes. Maybe you can do like the fourth installment of A Star Is Born. I would love that. (laughs) Someone hire me. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So I studied music for a year and did really love that. But then I did decide it's not something I wanted to do as a career acting was more comfortable. I loved acting more and music was just something that I loved doing for myself. So I jumped back on the acting train and for the next few years, I just kept working really hard. I was flying everywhere for auditions. I was doing meetings and I did have some success. I got some little roles on TV series, films and commercials, which was great, but it wasn't necessarily ongoing work. It'd be so hard as an actor because you can't just go... I'm just going to put on a show at this little corner and come and see my one woman monologue uh, and pay me some money so I can eat today. (laughs) How do you stay motivated in that? And how did you stay motivated at that point in your life? I guess I wasn't actually that motivated back then. I was letting it get me down a bit, the rejection and the pressures and the competition. So that's when I decided to start my blog passed around the smile because I just thought I needed a more positive outlook on life. It's blown up and turned into this like crazy global phenomenon (laughs) due to this thing called the internet that we have. Thank you, internet. When you started this blog, was it online blog or did you just write it in like a notebook and then you put it online or how did it start? It was funny. So four years ago, right now, pretty much, I decided it was just about Christmas time and I had no work until like the middle of January and I decided to code my own blog. What? Code? Oh my God. It, get, <laughs> I'm so not tech. Neither I'm am like, I. I'm doing a podcast. <laughs> yeah. I'm so tech. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, trust me, I'm not tech and I wasn't tech then either <laughs> and it took me months to get this up. But yeah, I was just so... It was just something I was like, I really need to do this. I had this idea and then I was like, it makes so much sense. I'm going to do it. So I coded this blog and I started writing blogs and not many people read them, but I was fine with that because I wasn't really doing it for anything or for it to come to something. I was just doing it to generally put some positivity out there. And then you got reaction from this. Yeah, so basically my blog, Pass Around the Smile, my aim is to help people realize their full power and potential. And I help them realize that through self-love talk, the law of attraction, general positivity, all kind of happy, feel-good things like that. Yeah, what was your question? I'm so not editing. Let's keep that in. Um, The question was... But you put the blog out there and then people started to bite at it and you got this reaction from it. Yes. So then it went where? Yeah. So I guess people just started 
to respond and I would get messages like this helped me so much or can you please write more of this my brother's going through a hard time and I want to send it to him things like that and it felt so good I was like I have found something that I am so passionate about and for me that was so refreshing because I thought my only passion was acting. I thought it was the only thing I was good at and the only thing I would do for my whole life. And then when I started getting these reactions from people that I was helping them, I was like, oh my God, I'm going to do this forever. And I'm so glad I found it. So you've been doing Pass Around the Smile blog for four years. It's kind of like this cycle of four years for you, like h two was four years. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and then you've got Pass Around the Smile four years. Where is it at now? So I kept writing blog after blog um, and I grew my subscribers and my followers, which was amazing. And in September, I had my first Pass Around a Smile live event. Ooh. Yeah, and it sold out and I was oh, just yeah. so excited. <laughs> it just, it made more sense to me with my acting background to speak it, like speak my blogs. Uh-huh. And that's what I did. So basically it was a motivational speaking event where I talked about all the really good uplifting things. I gave law of attraction success stories and examples, my own examples. We did meditation. It was just such a positive night. It was just, it was really magical. And I then did another one in November and I now have another one coming up in January, which is like a new year kind of positive event. It's really brave of you to branch out into new territory really with you know, doing a live event. Cause I think as a creative, it's hard sometimes because a lot of people from the outside looking at in see it as a lifestyle choice for us mm-hmm. that we just go, Oh, she just wants to make music or yeah. she just wants to act. And it's not taken as like an actual like business or a yeah. brand that you're developing, but making the opportunity is not so much from a, like a financial win because a lot of the time we do these things and we don't make money, yes. right? Like it costs us money to go on tour or it yep. costs you money to put on an event. Yeah. But we do it because we love it and it keeps, you know, your own creative mind alive and feeds you in, in other ways. You've been pushed outside your comfort zone in some other ways creatively as well too. Yeah. So I guess when I was just acting and I had this craving to do other things and then I realized I could go down, you know, a few different avenues at once, which was just so nice for me to have that realization just like you were saying before we have to do different things to keep our you know creative brain stimulated and all of that so I started writing when I was in LA one year for pilot season and all I was doing was auditioning so I was getting pretty frustrated so I started writing and it kind of just flowed quite easy and I'd kind of read back what I had written and I'd like laugh and I'd be like oh I actually think that's kind of good (laughs) So over that year, I ended up writing my first comedy feature film and I really liked it. And that was now about four years ago, but writing. Four years. Oh my God, again. (laughs) Four. You've got some cycle of four. Maybe you should look into that. Maybe there is like a thing. Yeah. Like law of attraction, like the cycle of four. There probably is. I'm going to Google that really soon (laughs) after this podcast. That was kind of four years ago that I started writing and it was out of my comfort zone. It was really scary because I had no experience writing. So I felt quite self-conscious getting people to read my work within the industry, but they were coming back with really positive things, helping me improve. And since then I've written another series as well, which a production company are actually interested in. And 
I just think it's so important to try new things. Like I was so scared and I really didn't know whether I was good or not, but who cares? Just give it a go. Yeah. You can't place these boundaries on yourself and say like, you know, I am a woman or I'm this age or like, what if I fail? Or what if this happens? It's like, well, what if you don't like, yeah. what if you like discover this <laughs> so amazing true. thing that you can do and you're leading this life that's now like so much more fulfilling. Yeah. And it's like that saying, shoot for the moon. And even if you don't reach it, you'll end in the stars. Oh my God, it's so cheesy. <laughs> I love cheesy. <laughs> um, so tell us a joke then if you're a comedian. Oh no, like, I, I, don't, I don't even know. Actually, we were doing bonbons. What was on last night? Oh, see, I can't even remember. <sighs> I'm not, I'm really not good at jokes. Well, actually I studied improv in LA at a school called Groundlings and it was the most challenging thing I've ever done in my life. It was an eight week course and Groundlings, um, if you don't know, is probably the biggest improv school in LA. It's really hard to get into and who went there? Kristen Wiig, Will Ferrell, they all went there. Melissa McCarthy. And what I loved the most about improv is that they never ask you to crack a joke because that was my fear going in. I was like, what if they ask me to tell a joke? I just, I don't know jokes. I don't really think jokes are funny, but I think improv and that kind of like subtly kind of awkward humor like bridesmaids is so funny. And that's what that was. And I learned so much doing that course and that helped me with my writing as well to write like witty kind of comedy. So your mum's a massive creative force. She's doing her own creative hustle. I'm sure she's much like a mentor for you uh, moving through all the decisions and choices that, uh, and opportunities that you make. She wrote Stage Mums, which, you've, which you star in. It's a, this incredibly hilarious Aussie web series, uh, which was picked up by Channel 10 or Network 10 and aired on their uh, channel 10 Peach. Um, which is just wrapped up. Tell us all about Stage Mums and how that came about and your mum and creating that and how you're involved in it. (laughs) Yeah, so it's actually a really inspiring story because mum was kind of getting frustrated waiting around for auditions and roles and it is hard for women her age at the moment. So she decided, screw it, I'm going to to create it myself and I'm going to... I'm going to do it all myself, basically. And she roped all her friends in to doing it. People in the local industry all, like, backed it, got a part of it. Yeah, yep. So she kind of filmed the first two series just in the kitchen. Dad would film and it went on YouTube and people really responded to the humour. And that's when she got interest for another season. So she wrote it. And, yeah, the Gold Coast community just came together. They were all so helpful and supportive and filming the season was just so much fun and it was just all these creative people came together to help and get this project off the ground and that we did it got picked up by network 10 yeah huge like that's the first web series yeah to be picked up and it's like not half an hour episodes they're like six minutes six like, to eight minutes yeah. other episodes which is really unusual to be on television so we were just stoked and the response when it was on television was amazing and now moving forward we've had interest from incredible people one including Perez Hilton oh <laughs> to name move drop forward. yeah name drop um but it's just I think mum is so inspiring in that she just went okay I'm just gonna do it and I'm inspired by her but I hope a lot of other people can be too that if 
you are kind of stuck or you don't know what to do, remember that you can create your own stuff. You can start your own business. You can write your own script. You can make your own music. Like whatever it is you do, you can start your own podcast. You just got to do it. I think that leads, we just talked about cheesy quotes. Yeah. leads to my cheesy quotes. Yes, what is it? Um, Feed me. Which is, you don't have to see the whole staircase. You just got to take the first step. Dun, dun. <laughs> love but it. it's true because it's I like you go true. like I want this here or this is where I need to be to be successful and it's so unattainable and far away yeah. and it can really put people off to think you've got to do all this like yes. work to get there and it's literally like okay what can I do today yes like, exactly what little thing can I do today to push me in that direction and that's amazing with your mom and she did get a couple of like pretty key people like in that I know I can't think of his name now Kirk Conley. yes that's him <laughs> he's so amazing Perf, like Kirk he's like him. the nicest guy ever and he just like proper loves himself but like pro- <laughs> like actually he's just like why wouldn't I love myself like I'm great and I was just looking at him like well yeah and we're, and he's like we're all great why don't you love yourself you got to yeah. love yourself fully and I was like you're amazing. I love him. He's great. <laughs> That's so awesome because he in himself has such a huge following as well yeah. too. So to to have him on board is awesome. So well done for that. Thank you. Where to now? It's 2019. What's oh happening? I'm so excited for 2019. So... First of all, I have my event, which I already talked about in January. And then I'm wanting to do more events, maybe around Australia. Go I don't global. Know. Go global, you know? Stage Mums does LA. Yeah. Like... Well, that's actually, that could happen. Yeah, <laughs> so keep doing my Pass Around the Smile events. I want to obviously keep acting. I was in a pilot this year called Cursed and hopefully that gets picked up. Um, Stage Mums is most likely going to go again. Uh, I'll probably go back to LA and do some more auditioning. I just want to keep doing everything. More writing, just a bit of everything. I'm just going to keep going and just going to keep inspiring people because it makes me feel really good. We're almost at the end of our chat. We're going to go deep at the end. All right, let's go real deep. Beyonce. <sighs> I should just... have introduced myself at the start as Cleonce. Let's face it. <laughs> That's my real name. <laughs> um, you are just a tad bit obsessed with Beyonce. <laughs> So I've heard you will go to great lengths to stalk her around the world. No, that's not the right word. No, it is. (laughs) It is the right word. To stalk her, to see her in concert, you'll drop ridiculous amounts of money to just be near B. Yeah, Queen Um, B. Tell me about this woman because she's hella creative herself. Let's just talk Beyonce. Oh my God, we're going to be here for hours. <laughs> no, so I first saw Beyonce live when I was in grade 11 and I always loved her, but I didn't like, I wasn't obsessed with her until I went to the Brisbane Entertainment Centre. I saw her, I was like mouth open in awe the whole time. The next week I was like not really here, like I wasn't in this world. <laughs> I just couldn't believe what I saw. Like I just, anyway, since then I've seen her seven times live and yeah spent lots of money and I've gone to Sydney I saw her in Paris I I went to Paris to see her I obviously made a holiday out of it and my friends were there but like that was why I went (laughs) and I've seen her a couple times in LA but the most exciting time of all was this year at Coachella when I got given artist guest passes and I was in the very front row standing next to Jay-Z Rihanna and Beyonce's mum watching Beyonce. What? I just cried the whole time. I literally cried the whole time. What? It was the best night of my life. <laughs> <laughs> 
How would you get down from that high? I didn't for days. And then I got really, really sick because I think I was just so happy and excited for like a week. And then I just like died a little bit. Yeah. Came down Did you to talk earth. to like Jay Z? I mean, like she was singing, so you're kind of like, nah. I just, like, I don't even care for you, Jay Z. I'm just like watching your wife. Like, yeah, like, like you like, couldn't really, really talk. He was literally right next to me, but there was like a little barricade yeah. separating us. Um, but I did yell out to Beyonce's mum, "Hi, Tina, <laughs> <laughs> come be on stage, mum. Yeah, for the ultimate stage, mum. Uh, yeah, <laughs> come to our costume. Imagine being Beyonce's mum. Have you seen that meme? And it's like it says something, and then it's like. Beyonce's mum and she's like bitch what have you done I made Beyonce (laughs) (laughs) so mad Beyonce props she's a super creative woman Mm. as well too in in everything that that she does and I think we're gonna wrap it up let's wrap it up I think that's it but we're gonna drop with one final question Cleo the cincher of everything are you ready for this one I'm ready listeners it's gonna change your life change your life just take a moment Pineapple on a pizza, yes or no? Absolutely not. What? <laughs> we can't be friends anymore. <laughs> Her creative hustle with Cleo Massey, episode one, is wrapped. Woohoo! Thank you. Thank you.